sir. I was away from... I turned off my email notifications all weekend long. And I just checked something now in my inbox. said breaking news. The revolution will be televised. And it was televised on Sunday night. Yes, it was. Yes, sir. And let me tell you something, folks. That is what I call a wrestling pay-per-view. Now, don't get me wrong. We're going to go over the positives and the negatives, and we're going to be very honest. Um, But overall, that was the most entertained that I've been by a wrestling wrestling pay-per-view in a long time. Um, You know, and it's just, it was refreshing, you know, because there there was only, you know, I would say two matches that missed the boat for me. Um, But for one of them, it wasn't even the participants' fault. Um, So, so a lot to unpack, but a lot to enjoy as well from Revolution. And I cannot wait to uh, talk to you about that. And, And that's why... Ladies and gentlemen, we kind of we reverse the order of tonight's show because, you know, if we did this the way we typically do it, we would go over Revolution and then Monday Night Raw because we usually do it in chronological order. I don't want to do that, Elio, because okay. in comparison to Revolution, Raw is straight up fucking embarrassing. Um, so we're gonna knock, we're gonna knock out Raw. In, I guarantee you, it'll it'll take less than ten minutes, and then the rest of the show, we we can just have fun shooting the shit about revolution, and then, of, of course, your favorite segment, time warp, and my favorite segment, wrestling roulette, to round out the show. All right, then of course, uh, as always, this is the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. I'm Elio. He's Ben. This is the results show. But first, Ben, how was your, uh, how was, um, since I last spoke to you, that was Saturday night, I believe. Yeah, I've, I've been very, very good, man. We got, uh, two very good workouts in, and, uh, I'm excited, and, uh, you know, we got some summerish kind of weather here, so that was nice. Uh, it decided to be cold again today, so I was kind of like, grr, but, uh, other than that, you know, can't really complain. So, um, I think uh, I think WrestleMania has some serious shoes to fill um, after what we saw on uh, on Sunday night. I can tell you that. Well, my uh, Sunday and Monday were pretty good. Pretty good, actually. Sunday was uh, better because Revolution, of course, but. Monday, um, yeah, I as I you already know, I don't watch Monday Night Raw when it's live. I watch it, the tape, the recorded show. Right. Afterwards, but last night, I started watching a movie, and then I saw another one today, which I'm going to get into, but the one I saw last night was called Lizzie. It was based on the Lizzie Borden murder from 1892. Right. Haven't they made a bunch of movies out of that? They made a bunch. This one came out in 2018, and this one was not good. <laughs> no, a lot, a lot of those are not. 
Now, now take a guess. Out of out of ten, um, what would you guess that this movie got? A three. No, it got a five. Five point oh. nine out of ten. Well, still, that's not very good. And uh, this one stars Kristen Stewart in one of the roles. And uh, of course, for those who don't know, Kristen Stewart, Twilight. Oh God. Yeah. And then, today, this morning, I don't know why, (laughs) it was on my list, I'm like, it was, it's called, on the, on the cover, it was called Seven Doors of Death. I'm like, okay, (laughs) sure. (laughs) I decided, why not? I added it to my watch list. Oh my god, what what the hell? Um, Did well, the, that, was re- a, that was a mistake on your part, I'm guessing, by let, your tone. Let me read you the synopsis, okay? Yeah. A young woman inherits an old hotel in Louisiana where, following a series of supernatural accidents... She learns that the building was built over one of the entrances to hell. Oh God! <laughs> that that just that sounds bad. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm like, well, I I'm already into this. I might as well finish it, finish this movie. And uh, this was so bad. And uh, what do you? What would you say this got out of ten? Didn't I just say that? I I I must have not heard you. I don't think I heard you. Um, I I said a, a three out of ten. You said a five point nine. Oh no! I I was talking about Lizzie. That was a five point nine. Was Lizzie? I didn't ask you about this one. Oh, um, my bad. Um, yeah. It, I judging by what you just read, I would give it a four, perhaps. This one got a 6.6 out of 10. Oh, God. Whoever is <laughs> reviewing this stuff is feeling awfully generous. I mean, no, no. no. And it, 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 I just learned before going on air that this isn't even part one. There's actually one movie before this. So I was watching the sequel to another one called City of the Living Dead. Yeah, you um, you confused me with because uh, when I went to look up the synopsis uh, for that movie, I I got a bunch of different options for that. But I'll tell you what, at least I get content for future movie posters that I can create, so I never run out of material. Well, I'll tell you what, you certainly do a better job with movie posters than than. Uh, WWE does, I'll give you that. And that surprises me that AEW's Revolution poster was bad. I didn't like that poster. Well, no, I didn't either, but having said that, the pay-per-view was extremely good. Minus minus a few hiccups here and there. Well, before we do that, uh, we say we get into Monday Night Raw. Yes, sir. Alright, so Monday Night Raw, let me just pull up my notes here. I had them minimized. All right. So, Monday Night Raw, this was a surprise. Alpha Academy losing the 
belts to RK Bro. So who gets the? I guess they get the rematch at WrestleMania. Well, that could that could be the case, or and I'm I'm leaning more in this direction, um, or it could be. This is the beginning of the end for RK Bro. Oh. So either either the either they lose the rematch at um, WrestleMania and break up because uh, Randy will have turned on Riddle, or um, they could they could have a um, a five uh, well four week program at this point featuring the disintegration of. RK bro, and then have Randy versus Riddle at WrestleMania. Well, that's what I thought was gonna happen, so which surprised me that they uh, gave him the belts last night. Um, yeah, so I, I'm more inclined to believe that uh, there's gonna be some bullshit at Mania with the tag title match, and uh, Riddle's buffoonery will, co- will cost them the titles. Okay. And uh, and we'll see the disintegration of RK Bro. And my other high point was Tommaso Ciampa and Braun Breaker versus Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode. Well, and and, and I I'll disagree with you there. Um, I don't think it was it was a bad match at all. I think I think it was actually quite good in terms of a. A national showcase for Braun Breaker being on Monday Night Raw for the first time, but the thing that I absolutely hated about this is they automatically had Braun Breaker smiling. Oh, the, uh, I, I think I didn't catch that. Excuse me, motherfuckers. <laughs> he, he shouldn't be smiling. Um, Don't do that. Well, yes, that's number one. But also. He's a fucking Steiner. When when did Wrecker Scott ever smile? Like, I, see, I don't remember them ever smiling. Well, that's my point. I mean, I mean, it's just it's not necessary. You know. Now, now I agree that Braun Breaker has a lot of potential. Actually, uh, they, in uh, one of the pictures, I do recall them smiling, but like on TV, no. Well, exactly. So, so that that was kind of a a miss for me. But you know, I understand what they're trying to do, and they're trying to give uh, NXT some shine on Raw, just like we talked about a few uh, shows ago. Yep. And um, my my understanding is that um, there's going to be a title match tonight on NXT. Yeah, road, um, roadblock, roadblock is tonight. They're doing. Oh my god, they're it's doing. Called, it's called NXT Roadblock. Aren't they doing stand and deliver in a few weeks? Well, that's uh, on WrestleMania weekend. That's and yeah, but this this is not a pay per view. This is a, just their NXT regular show. Like they had Vengeance Day. This is Roadblock. Yeah, but 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 Vengeance Day didn't feel like a regular show. No, uh, at, least, at least I didn't think so. Not with, I mean, I didn't see the whole thing, but but 
they weren't presenting it, I don't think, as a regular show. So that's that's a little weird that they would that they would run something like that ahead of Stand and Deliver. And we'll have those, I'll have those results on Saturday nights. And um, my other high point, I had Edge's promo. Um, you're you're not gonna you're not gonna like me for this, but. That, that that that's an that's an interesting take on high points. What were your what were your low points? Dana Brooke and Tamina. <laughs> yes. Miss uh, Miss TV. I absolutely agree. Omos and Apollo Cruz. I one thousand percent agree. I I so I have more low more low points than I do high points this time around. Okay, you got any more? Uh, just um, tag team match for me, Ripley and Liv Morgan, Carmella, and Queensland. I can't believe we're still doing this uh, stupid thing with the mask, with Carmella and that mask. Well, well there's that, but here, here's a, here's another thing, and I absolutely, okay. I absolutely 1,000% agree with you with every single low point that you had. Um, I'll, I'll add one more when it gets to my... Uh, portion of the show, but no, um, no, do that. That's it. I'm done. Do you have anything you want to add? Uh, yeah, I'm actually gonna gonna put Edge's promo as a low point. Okay. Because now, hear hear me out on this one because that that might confuse a lot of people because I actually really liked the presentation of Edge. Like that, that reminded me of a much darker kind of brutish edge but I really like the the lighting and all that um and I like what they're trying to do by adding a different dimension to edge's heel character what I'm saying is that the promo itself didn't land for me like you know and it was very short for an edge promo uh and I felt like the the lighting and all that stuff while it was cool it kind of like overshadowed what he actually said. So hold on, is it a if you if you blink you would have missed it? Uh, quick promo. Yes. Okay, because that's what it felt like. Actually, was that one minute he's talking, the next minute that, that was it. I was like, wait a minute, and I know I, I kind of like uh, felt like drifted off like uh, for for like a few, but even when I went back and rewatched it, it was the same thing. If I blink, I missed it. Yeah, so the presentation of it and the and Edge's character work within the promo was very very good, but the content of the promo was not. So that's the that's the only low point that I would add. Okay. So and that. Then, oh, go on. Uh, I had um, I had one other um, high point. If I could just add that real quick. Yep. So in addition to uh, to the triple threat tag match, I also um, re- really enjoyed um, the the Kevin Owens and and Finn Balor promos after after not Finn Balor uh, Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins uh, promos after they lost. Because it's it just added an interesting dimension. Like, what are we gonna do? And then to to kind of piggyback off of that, I 
because I was really, I was very nervous when I heard the rumor that Steve Austin was going to appear at Mania. Obviously, I, I fucking love Stone Cold Steve Austin, but I, but I love the fact, and this is this is my high point right here. Oh, hold on, yeah. I know where you're going because I forgot to add that to my high point. The KO segment at the end? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I was just looking. I'm like, oh, I missed that. That's my high point because I, I was meant to write it down and I forgot to write it down. Yeah, so that segment ended with, um, with Kevin inviting Steve Owens to a special KO show at Mania, which I really like because yep. the rumor was that... Uh, was that WWE was trying to get Austin back to wrestle, and I'm thinking, shut the fuck up. There's there's no way he's going to wrestle in 2022 at 57 years old after being retired for 19 years. Give me a break. Um, he's not Ric Flair. That, that's something Ric Flair would do because Ric Flair just can't stay away. Yeah, and it, it, was, it was the same thing when it was originally announced that... Uh, that Vince, originally rumored, I should say, that Vince was going to wrestle Pat McAfee at the show. I'm yeah, like, yeah, no, and, no. And, and all of all of the outlets took it and ran with it, and I'm, I'm thinking to myself, oh no, you, no, you fucking nincompoops. And, and you know what? Like, when you say that, because then, like I said, I go on, on uh, TikTok cause I, with all the wrestling content I follow, Yes. And every time something like that uh, comes out, like, oh, it's very interesting. So, uh, here we go. The TikTok uh, creators are all over it. And all the people, all the people and fans are commenting this and that. Oh, Jesus. Like, uh, oh, you know, I'm God. like, can we get a grip here, people? <laughs> so, so, but the other part that I really like about that is the fact that if they asked Steve to wrestle... Clearly, he turned it down, and I love him so much for doing that because he's concerned about his legacy, you know. And I feel like if he wrestled at this point, it would have it would have potentially damaged his legacy. And and I do have one other high point that I forgot to mention: the the, uh, the Vader um, Ooh, yes. segment where it was announced that. He was going to be in the Hall of Fame. I loved the video package that they did for him. So we got Vader and Undertaker. Those are two so far. So so far, and then the uh, earlier today, I don't know. I don't know if this is uh, this is true or not because I didn't see it confirmed anywhere. But I also read that um, another Hall of Fame inductee is going to be uh, is going to be Psycho Sid. <laughs> what? Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, okay. Wait, what do you think of that induction? Is he? No. No. I don't think so. <laughs> what did he do to get to, to like get a, a Hall of Fame nomination? No. Well, that was that was my question when I read <laughs> that. But I was like, okay, that's, I'm like that. Vader, I'm 100% with you. He deserves it. Um, oh. But. But no, not psycho. I can't believe uh, what, what one person, uh, what one person wrote on Facebook. I was looking at when I they were mentioned about Vader. And they said it was, uh, it was a little too little too late because for him to go in, they should have put him in earlier. Which I I agree, they should have put him in earlier. 
Yeah, well, I, I, I always think it, w- it would be nice if, um, oh, oh, sorry. Um, but my, my phone decided to go off, but, um, but I always prefer that the Hall of Famers get to go in while they're alive. Yep. Uh, that's partially why I kind of balked at the idea of China going in. Because obviously, from a career point, she does deserve it, absolutely. But just because of of how the, how that was handled, and like they didn't want to put her in individually, so they got bailed out because they put her in as part of DX. You know that kind of stuff just irritates me. So not that I'm comparing her to Vader, but I'm just saying. Yeah, I I would always prefer if if these people got their flowers while they were alive. Um, but uh, but but big shout out to Vader and his legacy and, and rest in peace. And I'm very excited uh, to see that. So, um, is that all we have for Monday Night Raw? Because that's all I had. Yep, that's all I have. I gotta go. I actually gotta go back and uh, watch that Vader package because I only heard it, but I didn't. Uh, I wasn't really uh, like watching it, so, so I'm gonna go back and check it out because I like oh, watch, I like watching the Hall of Fame packages. Oh yeah, I, I, I do too, and it was very very good. So you'll enjoy it tremendously. All right, yeah. So that was it, and then under ten minutes for Raw. Told you. <laughs> then. <laughs> How about we get into aren't, a- you, aren't you proud of me? I didn't talk too much. <laughs> and, and I didn't go on any rants. We're going to see because I kept it nice and easy going, smooth. Oh, so now, now you're going to take credit for it. I see. I see how you operate, you slimy son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Chuckle, 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 ha ha. All right, so I wanted to see the AEW Revolution. Yes, the highlight of my wrestling decade. I seriously, I thought that I thought this show was fucking fantastic. So I'm very excited to get into so it. So let's say uh, start with the buy-in. We had Layla Hirsch defeating Chris Statlander, and they gave this one nine minutes fifty seconds. I was, I actually, I was shocked that Lilo won, but this, uh, this was a very good match. I, I was, I was kind of taken aback. I, I, I enjoyed this match. And then we had Hook defeating QC Marshall in five minutes. That, that was a low point for me because. Yeah, um, that was a low point. And, and I, I don't I don't mean to be to be um, overly negative because I know that Hook is new and, and there's actually a lot that I like about him. But if, if they were gonna put him on uh, Revolution in in any capacity, even the pre-show, you know that's a big platform, and um, you know at least put him with a higher caliber of competition than keep. QT Marshall on a pay-per-view. You know? So that was a low point for me. And now this match, I don't know why they put this on the buy-in, but 
How is Superblock defeating Death Triangle, Pac, Penta, and of course their partner Eric Redbeard? Who who is obviously replacing Ray Phoenix while he recovers uh, from an arm injury? And this got seventeen minutes twenty seconds, but I don't know why they put on the on the buy-in. I I don't I don't either. I was a little mystified by that, um, but um, this was a very very good match. Uh, yep. Much much better than I had been anticipating, um, just because. Just because I wasn't sure how Eric Redbeard would fit into the scenario, um, but to his credit, he did fantastic, and it did not detract from the match. By the way, that's nothing against Eric Redbeard. It's just what does he have to do with the house of with the house of black or pocket and Penta? So I was a little uh, mystified by that. That was um, a, actually that was an odd choice um, to pick for a partner, wouldn't you say? Well, 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 and part and part of me, um, part of me was like really trying to figure out well, why would why would they have why would they have you know Eric Redbeard and uh, I'm trying to think to myself well are they going to have Wyndham Rotunda debut at Revolution because I know that they were teasing they they were teasing some pretty big stuff now but that didn't happen to be the case and obviously you're not going to have fucking uh, the former Bray Wyatt on a pre-show, but uh, but uh, I was just I was really casting around in my head to try to figure out why Eric Redbeard was inserted in this scenario. But that being said, he did a very good job. Ben, yeah, have you seen this uh, this uh, video that that's been going around uh, that was uh, done by uh, Bray Wyatt? Uh, no, I have not. Oh, hold on, let me pull up on YouTube. I'm gonna, I'm gonna play this clip. You're gonna be like, what? Okay, well now you got my curiosity up a little bit. So fans will be back shortly. Okay, cool. All right, Ben. So I found this uh, promo that was done by Wyndham Rotundo. So here we go. Think of that. I loved it. So uh, I was looking around. I believe uh, 
that uh, Friday there is like a WrestleCon. He's supposed to be appearing there because there's a date in the video. But it's interesting how he brings up WrestleMania in there. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's very interesting. All right, so moving on, we go into the actual pay-per-view itself. Opening the show, we have Eddie Kingston defeating Chris Jericho by submission. This got 13 minutes, 40 seconds, and Jericho said if Kingston wins, he will shake his hand, which Jericho didn't. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't like that part. I, I did not like that he, part. That he didn't? Yeah. Yeah, because I was ex- I was expecting that, right? Because Kingston was uh, had his hand out, just like shake my hand, and Jericho just walks out. Yeah, well, you know, I don't think that that reflects very well on on, on Jericho because it, he it, it's not like I mean I I get it that he's a heel, but like, um, you know, thirty years in the business and you say you're gonna do something, I just you know, plus it's just. Like, why wouldn't he shake his hand? Like, I, I, I was missing out on that one. But anyway, um, so, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, uh, he's a, he's a heel. Is he a heel? I thought they were in a circle were faces. Or I guess there is no more in a circle. Well, well, I don't know if there is or not, but it just seemed like Jericho was certainly playing the heel in this match against Eddie Kingston. Oh, okay. And then we had uh, the next one we had was the three-way tag match for the AEW Tag Team Championships, Jurassic Express defeating Red Dragon and the Young Bucks in 1855. Now, this was absolutely one of my high points. Um, This was a good match. And you, and you know how I feel about the Young Bucks, and that's still holds yep. true. But say what you want to about them, but on on pay-per-view, they take their game to a whole nother level. But my complaints about them still hold true because they don't sell anything. And when it's not a, uh, when it's not a pay-per-view match... It, it just feels like the same match over and over again. I've been at one question. What is Brandon Cutler's role in this whole thing? Why Why is he there? Because he's their wacky, he's their bitch, and he's their cameraman. That's why. He's their camera. I, 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 I just I don't see anything in this guy. Like I don't know why they have him around. He's like the camera guy. No, no, I, 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 the camera guy and the body spray bitch. I, you know, I don't, I don't know. Then we move on to the face of the revolution ladder match for a future AEW TNT Championship match. This guy, seventeen twenty, Wardlow defeating Christian Cage, Keith Lee, Orange Cassidy, Powerhouse Hobbs, and Ricky Starks. We were both wrong on this one. Um. Well, ab- absolutely, and um. But I, I like I like the fact that Wardlow won this, especially given what happened um, later on in the evening with uh, his involvement with MJF and CM Punk. Um, now, I, now I will say this: um, this was not a high point for me, nor was it a low point. It's just that there was one 
there were two spots in the match that made me just shake my head because I, I thought they were stupid. Okay. Um, now, the first one being the, um, the huge spot where, where everybody was late, laid out on the floor um, after, uh, I believe it was, um, was it? Was it Will Hobbs that nailed the big moves and knock everybody out off the off the stage? I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying I'm trying to see. Hold, hold on. Okay. Um. Let me let me see. Shit, shit! I hate it when I can't find something and I'm on the air. On the fly research. Let's take a look. Hold on. Oh wait. Um. I really hate going to these guys, but Bleacher's like the the go-to place, like because it's like quick, and I have the the app on there. Yeah, hang on. Sorry about this, ladies and gentlemen. I'm just trying to get the the coverage right. In fact, we will be back shortly. Okay, so you were saying. So as I was saying, uh, one spot in this match where I, I didn't like it was um, a lot of a lot of the field um, left the ring in the middle of a ladder match to hit a series of of spots on the um, on the entrance ramp near the um, near the announcers area and. Um, you know, I know Powerhouse Hobbs was in the middle of it. But I think Wardlow was in the middle of it. But it was just like, as soon as that, as soon as that spot was over, it's like you could just see that several several individuals should have been out of the match uh, completely based off of uh, how the spot came off. Now, unfortunately, I can't find this uh, spot to describe it in more detail based on what based on what I'm looking at which I find very strange but the but the other part of of this uh, match that um, that missed the mark for me was um, was there was there was several several spots where where the, the the ring was wide open for somebody to uh, climb the climb the ladder, and and grab the uh, you know and, and and win the thing pretty much, and you know they're just they're just sitting there while these people are on the outside doing whatever the fuck. And actually, uh, one of those people was Ricky Starks. Absolutely. However, however the evil Dan Housen. Decided to show up and put the curse on Ricky Starks. And, and how stupid is that? I'm not. I'm not talking about the Dan Housen character. I, I, like that in and of itself confuses me. But how stupid of it? Like this is a number one contenders match for one of AEW's most important titles, and somebody with a curse. You know, <laughs> dressed up, dressed up like a fourth grader going on Halloween. <laughs> Knock somebody off a fucking ladder. Like, are, are, are you kidding me? Actually, no. go, go on. 
Now, don't get me wrong. I've, I've seen interviews with Dan, Dan, Dan House, and he has worked hard, and he's a very nice guy. But I don't, I don't get him. Do you know he has his own coffee brand? Yes, I do. Dan House and Coffee House and... <laughs> what? <laughs> you know, but, but having said that, I'm glad that we got some Dan House in here just for the sake of, of you doing that voice because that was very well played. Um, no, no, hold on. Uh, there is one other uh, spot that this would this look dangerous. When Ricky Starks was on the top of the ladder, Wardlow went and powerbombed him onto the second ladder, and I think the ladder was supposed to break, and like Starks just like laid there until yeah. uh, until Wardlow pulled the gold ring uh, down. Yeah, I didn't like that spot either. That and, and, and the the referees waited till the end of the match to run in and see check on him. Yeah, I, I didn't like that part either. Um, so this was this was fun, but you know you really had to to like take a lot of it with a grain of salt because it didn't have the urgency that a, that a regular ladder match had and that part I, I found disappointing because like I said this is for the company's major secondary title you know they're really making a big deal and justifiably so out of the um out of oh god what I hate I'm blanking but oh the the TNT uh yeah, the TNT title, championship yeah which is weird because they're not on TNT anymore. I don't understand. They still have a TNT title, but they're not on TNT. They're on TBS. Yeah, but they can't name it the TBS title because that's already the name. No, of the, I know, no, no. I, I get, I get that. I, I just think it's like really stupid. Like, they, they should give it like another name. Exactly. You know, it's a, the TNT championship. But move so, on. Go. Is, is there more? So, just to finish my thought, I just hate it when, like, yes, the ladder match was extremely entertaining, and, and I understand what a ladder match is, but when there's nobody to be found, and nobody climbs the ladder to try to win the fucking match, it, it takes me out of it a little bit. Yep. You know, and, and especially if it's a number one contender situation... Um, which they mentioned several times, you know, and, and, and you expect me to believe that nobody's going to bust their ass to get up that ladder, really? So, um, you know, and, and it was an unexpected ending. I did not expect Wardlow to come, to come out victorious because, no, you know. because you picked Keith Lee and I went with Christian. Yeah, I mean, I, um... I figured that he would be tied up with um, turning on MJF and finishing out that storyline for a couple weeks. That's what I thought. So I was a little bit uh, thrown off by that. But, um, but you know, it, 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 I have to give it credit in that it was a, it was a fun match. The next one was a little was a little bit of a of a mess for me. Yeah, speaking of the TBS Championship, Jade Cargill defeating Ty Conti. 
Okay, now, first of all, her ring attire was fucking awesome. She from Mortal Kombat. She, she looked great. Wow. She looks as sexy as a... Oh, my Yummy. God. Yummy. Yes, Team Yummy officially. Holy shit. Brandon <laughs> Phillips, you are a lucky bastard. That's all I got to say about that. Um, you know, but... Um, and I think this was Jay Cargill's best match to date. But that being said, the the only reason why this was on the pay-per-view was because a title was involved. If this had if this had just been Jade Cargill versus Tay Conti without the title, yep. the the match that we saw would have not belonged on the, the uh, on the pay-per-view card. Because it just it wasn't no offense to either lady, but it's the level of wrestling just wasn't there to, to warrant it being a pay-per-view match outside of the fact that it was for the TBS championship. And our next match, the one that everyone was waiting for, CM Punk versus MJF in a dog collar match. Now, th- this was fantastic. Not necessarily because it was a good wrestling match, because there was very little wrestling going on. I like Punk's entrance. Yeah, that was... a uh, um, Now... I, I will admit I've never seen his AFI entrance, but I I had I had heard about it and just being a, a student of the game. But I'm just I'm just um, going to be honest with you. It's not like I'm marked out because it's like I hadn't seen it before. Right. But I mean I I thought it was cool. I did. Um, and um, I uh, I loved the storytelling in this match where the wrestling lacked the storytelling really. Uh, made the match for me as I knew as I knew it was going to because the entire the entire feud was very storyline based mm-hmm. and and just you know what we saw um, last week with um, MJF hugging CM Punk and then and then you know giving him a low blow and then wiping the blood on the sh- on the shirt that had you know him. Meeting Punk at the signing back in uh, 2007. Yep. Everything about this feud was was storytelling, and this this match really really showed that to a T, um, which I which I thoroughly enjoyed. And they gave this one 26 minutes and 45 seconds. And I loved every bit of it, to tell you the truth. Following that, we had the AEW Women's World Championship. Dr. Britt Baker defeating Thunder Rosa. Now, this was an absolute low point. I don't know. I don't know if it was because, you know, the crowd was so hot um, for um, for CM Punk versus MJF that they just didn't have any energy left. Wait, how, uh, how, how can you really follow that match? Well, well, and, and and that's why I said earlier I don't know if it's if it's their fault that this match didn't land. But you, you no, but I don't think anybody can deny that this match didn't land the way it should have. Mm-hmm. And on, on top on top of the the match just missing an emotional element. Um, you know, I was very surprised that uh, Mercedes Martinez wasn't involved in this situation. Um, and I was also very surprised that Baker retained her title. 
I would have I would have bet money on Thunder Rosa capturing the, the title in this situation. No. So, um, th- there were just a bunch of pacing issues mm-hmm. um, in this match, and and I I felt like it did both women a disservice because they are fantastic at what they do. You know, and I was critical of Britt Baker in, in the beginning of her AEW run because she wasn't at that level yet. But now now she is, and she's gotten so much better in the ring. And, and you know, th- this, yes, I think she should have lost the title, but th- this match was not a showcase for either woman, and I just, I think it was a miss. What did you, what did you think of this match? Yeah, this one, um... I wasn't really into this match much, that much as I thought it'd be. I liked their uh, lights out match uh, way better than this one. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and then uh, next up we had John Moxley versus Brian Danielson. This was awesome. Oh my God, the ending! What in the world, William oh, Regal? I. I could have fallen out of my wheelchair. I was jumping up for joy. When I, when I saw him, I'm like, what? I literally jumped off my bed. I'm like, what? Like, this was so brilliant. You know, I, I, I like, that, that was one of the highlights of the entire night for me. So now, now what? Uh, what role is he going to have here? Is he like a manager or something? Like, I don't, I don't know if he starts a stable with, 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 Moxley and Danielson, but whatever whatever William Regal is here to fucking do, I'm, I'm here yeah. for every single bit of it. I yeah. don't care. For sure. Like, <laughs> let me give you my money, take my credit card, do whatever you want, but put William Regal on my screen. Yeah. I'm saying that it's too damn right. You know, you know what's gonna be stupid. I swear. You you already, you already know what's it's going around online. William Regal is all elite. Like, you know what? that that picture that uh, fans always yeah. make up. I'm like, I I just I just hate when they do stuff like that though. Like okay, like let the just wait before you start making these pictures. Like of this person's all elite. Well, I I think I, once Tony Khan tweets it, it's kind of fair game, and I think that's yeah. what happened there. But I mean, I loved every bit of this. No, I'm just saying because like Cesaro left WWE, and we're all, I, I'm already seeing Cesaro is all elite. Well. We don't know that because we haven't seen him yet. Well, that, so. that's what that's what I'm saying. I like I, just, I hate when like fans do that stuff, man. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Next, you know, okay. I really think this match should have been on the buy-in. Darby Allen, Sammy Guevara, and Sting defeating the Andrade Hardy family office. Uh, um. Now, I am not a fan of the Andrade Hardy family office. I first just, first of all, why, 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 why do they make the the name of that faction longer than it already is? <laughs> well, no. And, and I did not, despite the participants in this match, I was not looking forward to it. 
Um, and to be honest with you, there were only two um, really big spots in the match. And then other than, um, you know, like I said, other than the participants, I would not have put this match on the pay-per-view. No, that's why I would have uh, replaced uh, the House of Black match with this match on the buy and put House of Black on the pay-per-view. Absolutely, I agree with you. Um, and I, like I said, I think the only reason why this was on the pay-per-view was because of Andrade, uh, Sting, Darby Allen, and Sammy Guevara. Did I see a, did I see a video? Um, was is is this right? Uh, Darby Allen uh, when he hit one of the coffin drop. Did something happen there? I thought I saw a video. Um, I did not see that video. I'd have to look at to look for it. Okay. Um, but there were two. Um, there were two like really standout moments in this match. Okay. Um, the the first one was when um, Guevara hit a Spanish fly uh, through two tables. And, and let me tell you something, Isaiah Cassidy was not having a good night after that because Timmy Guevara is one crazy-ass motherfucker. Let me just tell you that. I'm just like, whoa, what the fuck? And then speaking of whoa, what the fuck, Sting, at 62 years old, does, does like, a, a dive off of the... Um, off of a railing on, on the crowd. I saw this. He dove through three tables. Yeah. And it, like, what the fuck? <laughs> At 62 years old, you're diving through three, ta- three tables? Wow. You know, I mean, I really hope you didn't hurt yourself, but my God, he's got balls of steel. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Jesus uh, Christ. That brings us to our main event. And then uh, the the main event, um, this was fantastic. This was absolutely fantastic. Um, the only thing I would have done differently is I wouldn't have had anybody come up uh, to ringside. Like, the only thing that took away from this match was all the stuff on the outside with Fish and O'Reilly in a dark order. Like, you know, at one point, I think we had, like, close to 10 guys, you know, fighting at, at, at ringside. So that took a little bit out of it. Um, but but everything else about this match was fantastic. And I'm really happy. I'm actually very happy that they did not put the world title on Adam Cole at this point in time. Because I really feel like Hangman needed this win so much. Because, you know, his his title reign started out really, 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 really hot. You know, he he beats Omega for the championship. Okay, then shortly thereafter, he has that draw with um, with Daniel Bryan. And then and then a few weeks later, they had their their second match. Now, now the, the first match was much better than the second one, in my opinion. You're going to get AEW fanboys after you. Why is that? You said Daniel Bryan. Surprise, Daniel's dead! Where, 
Oh, whatever the fuck, Brian Daniels. <laughs> oh, you, know, you know, I know, you know, I know, I know, I know what you mean. I'm saying AW fanboys, I mean, that watch. Yeah. Well, if they're gonna come after me, they gotta come after Jim Ross. He didn't even know what what city they were in <laughs> when he came out. Oh, oh, wait. What did he say? He was like, "Where are we? What city are we in?" Like, you're in Orlando, Jim. Shut the, like, okay. <laughs> Why does Jim Ross get his own entrance? I don't understand. Because he's Jim Ross. That's why. But the other... All right. I mean, and Excalibur with that. I, I guess I understand why he wears the mask, because sometimes they put the camera on the commentators. Yeah. But... At the same time, I don't get it. I mean, no one's really seeing your face except for, like, the... So no one really knows who Excalibur is. They only know the name. Yeah. All right, so that is the AEW Revolution pay-per-view. Do you have anything else? No. Uh, So this was a... I really enjoyed this pay-per-view. Yeah. Oh, my God. WrestleMania is going to have a very hard and time how long, how long to follow was, this up. This was like, what, four hours? No, this was five hours. Five. By the end of it, I was very tired. I, I can tell I can tell you right now. Eight, nine, ten, one o'clock. No, no, no. From, from when the pre-show started at seven. Oh, you come to the pre-show. Yeah. Well, because it was much, it was much more of a pre-show than WWE's pre-shows. Oh, okay. No, I was just thinking. I was just thinking uh, that I was uh, the, thinking the show itself. So, but yeah, okay, I understand. If, yeah, if, the main the main card was four hours, but with yeah, the pre, with the pre-show, it's five. They did more than five hours uh, than uh, past WrestleManias have done in. Two nights. You're gonna have to do something this year. Well, <laughs> I I don't know if they can, quite frankly, because holy shit, this is good. Oh boy! All right, so that's all we have for Revolution. Now we move on to Time Warp. I not just smile too much, Elio. <laughs> and uh. Okay, our first one, because I'm just going to run this off because uh, these super shows have no commentary, so I'm just going to read off the results. Yeah. Actually, no, I'm not going to, let me see something. I don't have uh, new ones. I. Oh, yeah, I do. I have Monday, February 19th, 1990, USWA Wrestling at the Mid-South Coliseum. We had a total of seven matches on this card. Chris Champion defeats Rockin' Randy. (laughs) Oh yes, you can definitely tell this was the 90s. Chris Champion and Rockin' Randy. Bill Dundee defeats Dirty White Boy Tony Anthony by disqualification. I st- I'm always going to laugh when I hear Dirty White Boy. 
In match number three, the Southern Rockers, the team of Rex King and Steve Dahl defeated Robert Fuller and Brian Lee. Then we had Jeff Jarrett defeating Billy Travis. King Cobra defeated Soul Taker by disqualification. And you know who Soul Taker is? Uh, no, I don't. That is the guy. That is the wrestler better known to you as the Godfather. Oh God. Then we had Jimmy Jack Funk and Dutch Mantel defeating Texas Ranger and Pronto by the qualification. Mordell, <laughs> while you're on this pay-per-view, I'll be damned. What? Oh, oh my God. You, you really don't know that yeah. reference? No, I, you said, no I, I didn't hear what you said. I said Cordell Walker was on this pay-per-view, Texas Ranger? <laughs> Good God. And in the main event... Jerry Lawler defeated Chunkier Dog by disqualification. And now, sticking with the USWA, we're going to go into part three. No, part two, I believe, of the challenge for the championship. Okay, because we, cool. did, we already did part one uh, on Saturday. Yes. So let me get these... All right, and here we go with part two, the challenge for the championship. Beat you before. You know, I used to wear that world heavyweight champion. Now you're just a stepping stone in my way to get 
it for the second time. And when I get it, I'm taking off with it, man. Just like I said before, it's all about money now. Or maybe a little grudge I have. Off 
and misses, and he drives that knee. And Greg, I think he's hurt his knee. We're going to take a break. We're going to keep the tape machines rolling. Don't you go away. Dick Slater taking advantage of the missed knee drop from Jeff Gaylord just before the break. Winner of this match advances to the third round. As you can see, Slater has gone back to working on the neck of Jeff Gaylord. And he's got that neck twisted now, twisted completely and contorted. And I'm sure that this has got to be driving just streaks of pain down the back of Jeff Gaylord. Jeff Gaylord made it into this round with his victory over Doug Gilbert. While Dick Slater beat the Nightmare Danny Davis, rushes, left sweep, goes up, gets the cover, one, two, no, not a count of three as Gaylord powered up. He branched out, sheer power by Jeff Gaylord. Slater is not able to keep that shoulder down. He's saying, let's try it again, one, two, three, that time he kept it down, all he did. Jared, I'm not going to take one thing away from you. You're real good, but hot stuff, Eddie Gilbert's just a little bit better, and I'll dig down to whatever it takes to beat you and advance me on. Alright, that was part three of the challenge for the championship. Part now, two? Part... She was, uh... It's, it's, it's in part two when, it, when the recording started. Oh, okay. Well, no, no, I'm no, I'm here because I've divided and split it up into little parts because it's so long. Oh, oh okay, my, so my bad. That's part uh, three, and uh, that's the end of the first video. So I'm gonna move on to the next uh, video and put the pins in place for part four. That's gonna start on Saturday. Cool. Very good. So now we're into Ben's favorite part of the show. Absolutely. Wrestling roulette. Yes, sir. We'll be back shortly as I set up the playlist. Right, wrestling roulette. 21 themes. My co-host has to guess who, which wrestler that theme belongs to. Ben, here's your first track. That is Aria Davari. Yeah, because I, I I never um, I never watched uh, two of five lives. So I wouldn't know. All right, track number two. different version of uh, the theme he currently has. Okay. <laughs> oh. I'm blanking. Uh, 
Is that Eva Marie? <laughs> nope. Thank God. Um, Frankie Monet, perhaps? Nope. Okay, who was it? It's the Iconics. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now, now you know why I wanted to get it wrong. Okay. That's <laughs> why. That's why I was like. Oh, and three. Okay, ready? Yeah. Stand back. There's a hurricane coming through. One of the most underrated characters and wrestlers of all time, especially, and that was especially shown during his uh, run as uh, Gregory Helms, the longest reigning cruiserweight champion of all time. But in this iteration, it was indeed the Hurricane. No, it's not. It's Shane Helms. <laughs> I had to. You're, yeah, it was a Hurricane. One and three. Here we go. No brood. Uh, I have no idea. That is Hawkins and Ryder. Oh, God. Their music sucked. Okay, 24. Imperium. Yes. Cool. I sure not call him Gunther. Yes. But that's what that's why I didn't. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, I'm sorry. I I just got it thrust in. Now I play Supercard. Have you have you heard of Supercard? I've heard of it, I haven't played it. I play it, it's just like uh, it's just something to do, you know, but I was on there earlier, and I pulled a new card, because they have, like, different tiers. Apparently, they have Meyer, Maelstrom, and Valhalla, and I'm in the Maelstrom tier. So I pull, like, uh, the card that's of the two below that one, and I pulled the Walters card. Well, he should he should automatically be in the highest tier. He should be in the Valhalla well, no, tier. Well, no, there's, like... They had all the wrestlers, they have different uh, cards for each tier. So they have one for Meyer and one for uh, Biochemical and all the other tiers. But right. I pulled a Walter Biochemical card. And it didn't even say Walter, it said Gunther. Oh, jeez. I know. Just kill me now. <laughs> <laughs> Just... <sighs> so here we go, number nine. <laughs> Nation of 
one of the most underrated factions of all time. Nation of Domination. Nation of Domination. And I remember uh, when uh, when they turned on Farouk and The Rock became the new leader. That was awesome. Yeah, that was... All right, five and four, here we go. You know of this one. <laughs> no, it's just, I, I said, oh, God, because it's like, uh, oh, Lord. Because oh. it was, um, it was, I mean, I liked it, but it was by far my least favorite of the three Mick Foley's. Well, I told you the Mick Foley movie, The Loved One, is available on wrestling TV on the Amazon Fire Stick. I can't believe it's an actually an actual feature film. It's like an hour and thirty minutes. Oh, that's funny. All right, so six and four. Here we go. Rusev Udria, Rusev Machka. Where is Miro on AEW TV? That's what I want to know. See, but but. Okay, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say this, and then we'll get back to wrestling roulette, right? The the answer is it's Rusev, but 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 here's the here's the thing. So there's a lot of aspects of AEW that I really enjoy that were showcased a lot at Re- at Revolution. And then you know when I hear stuff like that, and it reminds me of okay, well that used to be Rusev, but now Miro. You know, I have to tell you, I really don't like how AEW has handled a lot of their debuts. Miro being one of them, uh, Jay Lethal being another one. Um, you know, and there's a bunch of them. And even for, even for a while, uh, you know, once he got out of his feud with Darby Allen, uh, CM Punk even fell into that category. It's like they they debut all these guys and then they just drag their feet on doing something major with them. And I'm, and now I'm even concerned that Keith Lee is headed in that direction. What do you, what do you think about that? Yeah. They sign all these uh, big names. They debut them. And then after a while, they just, uh, they're left with nothing like Andrade. He's exactly. another one. He's another one. Like, I cannot believe that Andrade is stuck with, you know, the Hardy family office. And, you know, I was really excited when when Jay Lethal came in. I thought that would be huge. Like, he'd be a main event dude. And, like, where the fuck is he? And that's my question. So, continue. All right, seven and four, here we go. That is Oksana. Oh, God. You remember her? Yeah. Unfortunately. Seven and five. Here we go. Oh, 
about Jesus. I I don't know. That is Billy Kidman. Oh shit! I knew that one was gonna hurt. Okay. All right, seven, seven and six. six. Momentum. I have no idea. That is Jacqueline. Oh God, I'm sorry. Seven and seven. All right, here we go. All right. Is that Dean Ambrose? No. Come on. Um. Yeah, I don't know. That is Cesaro. Oh, shit. Oh, <laughs> fuck. Seven and eight. My bad. Fuck. Destination destruction. Ember Moon. Ember Moon. Eight and eight. By the way, that is terrible. Uh, yeah. Why do you like just that. keep her old song, which I like? Yeah. William Regal, glad to have you in AEW and part of the PMC Progression Wrestling Podcast. 98 William Regal. Some of these are fucking weird. I have no idea. That is Buddy Murphy. Jesus Christ. Nine and nine. I don't know. I, I would have gone to AEW strictly on that team. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. I'm just gonna be honest with you. I have no fucking clue. That is Austin Theory and that is terrible. Okay. Okay. Well, that, I wouldn't push him based on that theme. 10 to 9, but that is bad. What are they doing? Yeah, I, I don't know. Two more. Here we go. Track 20. Is that, um, like, Brodus Clay? Like, no. the Funkadactyls or something? Nope. That is Rich Swan. Okay. Alright, ten, ten, last one. Michael Cole will always quiver in fear because that is Heidenreich. Heidenreich, 11 and 10. Well done. Well done. All right, before we go, we got a few things to plug. So, of course, we have the PNC Beer Podcast with myself, Elio, and my co-host, Ben. Find us on 
iTunes, Anchor, Stitcher, Spotify, Pocket Cast, Breaker. And then that's on Saturday nights. Saturday mornings, you can also find me on Wrestling POV with Tony Diaz and the $50 Man Clay Cummings on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, iHeartRadio, and TuneIn Radio. And now, Ben, we see we bring the show to a close. Very good. All right, so for my co host, Ben, I'm Elio. This is the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. We will talk to you on, all on Saturday night. Ben, say goodnight to the fans. I don't have any cheap plugs, but I will tell you that after what we saw on uh, Sunday night, the revolution was indeed televised, and this was your AEW Revolution post show live and in living color on the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you next time. And if you can't find us, Ben? You're lying, because we're everywhere. <laughs> we'll talk to you all on Saturday. Colossal